be that long at all, but I want to give you a word that I believe that God has for each and every one of us. Exodus chapter, excuse me, 12, Exodus chapter 12. Remain standing with me for just a few moments, and then later you can sit down and watch me stand for the rest of the moments. Exodus chapter 12, somebody say new season. Exodus chapter 12, verse 31, we're going to begin reading there. I'm excited for what God is doing here this morning. I pray that everybody has a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please, when you come to church, bring a Bible. It's important. And actually, in today's day and age, you don't even really need a paperback. If you've got a phone, you can download the app. How many have your, uh, your Bible on your phone? Anybody have your Bible? Look at that. My gosh, look at that. See, that's technology today. You can do that. How many have the Word of God in your heart? All right, okay, amen. That's, that's even more important than a phone, amen? Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. Excited about this message. It says, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron said, up, get out of here. Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and go. But before you leave, check this out. You need to bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dome before the yeast was added and carried it on the shoulders of in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. Verse 35, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorable, dis, uh, favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. Let's pray. Father, we come before you here this morning, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord God. Remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit, that he that has an ear... Let him hear. I thank you for this new season that we're stepping into. In Jesus' name. And all the saints of God said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them there's a new you coming. Then you may be seated. Just for the next few moments, if you can give me your undivided attention. And then we'll get into the football games. I want you to know this. I like sports. I like football. I like baseball. If you know my testimony, I talk about how I used to play a lot of baseball so much that I was looking forward to going into college and the minors and the pros, but God had a different plan for me. So I love sports. But one thing that I've learned is that I will not allow anything or anyone to go or get above God in my life. So I know many of you, you love sports, you love the Niners, you love the Raiders, and that's good and that's great, but it's always important to put yourself in position where you have your priorities. And so for those of you that are here this morning, you are saying that God is my priority over sports, over uh, friends, over everything else. God is more important. So for that, give yourselves a hand just for that. Amen. I want to tell you a story about a man. I once met a man who said he was looking for the perfect wife. 
He told me that he needed to find someone who was beautiful, kind, loving, and very spiritually oriented. And yes, he had found such a woman, such women. But it did not work out when he found this woman. He said she was so spiritual that she could not easily relate to the practical things in the material world. Then he found someone who was perfect. She was beautiful, kind, loving, intelligent, organized, and practical in material affairs. She was just what he was looking for. But he said she also didn't work out. Why? Because she was so practical that she really did not need him so much and ended up being a bit of a nag, always telling him what he should do. So he still continued looking for the perfect wife. Then he found the perfect wife. She was beautiful, kind, loving, intelligent, organized, practical, material affairs, as well as spiritually inclined. She had a perfect balance. No one could be better for him than her. She would make just exactly what he was looking for, the perfect wife. So then we asked him if they had gotten married. Nope. And why not? Because she was also looking for the perfect husband. I want you to know something here this morning. No matter how hard you try, there is never and no such thing as the perfect season. No matter how hard you try. We're always looking for the perfect timing. Okay, just man, I know God, if it just happens right now, it's perfect timing. No, my friend, it comes and it goes however it pleases. The wind can blow whether you want it to or not. There is no such thing as the perfect season. It's just being able to realize the season that God has you in. And when you acknowledge it and you begin to understand, God has me in this season for a reason, then I'm telling you, you're going to see something like you've never seen before. You are going to see something and experience something and encounter him in a whole new way. My friend, I'm here to tell you, stop looking for the perfect season. It's never going to happen. But you can be perfected in that season. Some of you guys are going to catch that here this morning. See, God has you where you're at. For a reason in that season. And the reason for that is because every season brings growth. Somebody say growth. Every season brings growth, especially when it comes to the spiritual things of God. The definition of season is this. It's a period of the year characterized by particular conditions of weather, temperature, or even when something is best or even available. Or a period marked by certain conditions or activities. That's what a season is. See, a new season isn't here to to introduce you to a new him. It's here to introduce you to a new you. See, a lot of times we try to go into something and we think, okay, God, you're going to change. And I know we don't, we kind of say God never changes. But in all reality, when we start acting, we always think God is going to change. God never changes. We change. The seasons are here for us to change. Now, there are some seasons that you walk into and you're like, oh, I'm loving it already. Oh, this is great. This is awesome. And then you walk into other seasons going, can I just get into another one? I don't like this one. But nevertheless, the season is there for you to grow. Tell your neighbor to grow. So you got to recognize the season you're in so that you'll know the growth that you're going to see. So you need to understand this about growth, is that growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. Understand this about growth. 
Growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. Now, I shared with you earlier about how I used to play a lot of sports. I remember my very first baseball practice as a high schooler uh, in, in school. I was a freshman in high school. And when you all go out there, some of you probably know how this works. You know, you all go out there, and there's about 30 or 40 of you. You know, you can't all be on the team, but you all go out there. And I remember, we were all out there, and I was just so anxious. You know, I was a young 14-year-old. Oh, man, I'm going to play baseball. Man, this is so great. This is awesome. And I remember, you know, one of the leaders of the team, he was already a senior. He gets us all in line. and like, oh, okay, all right, we're going to stretch. And so we're out there stretching. And, you know, the coach is not there yet. Right, we're just doing our thing. All right, it's a new seat. Oh man, I'm just so pumped. So I was there early, like, yeah, this is awesome. This is exciting. And then the coach walks in. Coach walks in, begins to give us all the breakdown. Okay, guys, my name is Coach Coffee. This is what's gonna be happening. We're gonna be taking place. And I'm like, yeah, I got my glove. I got my ball. I'm pumped. I'm like, yes. All right, let's do this, man. I'm gonna play ball. Play ball with the big boys. Yes. This is what I want you to do. I want everybody to drop your gloves and run a lap. All right, I could do that. So I remember I was there like, yeah, we're all running. There's like 30 or 40 of us. Yeah, all right, we're going. And then I remember we got to home plate. He goes, you guys done? Run again. Okay, all right, we can, uh, I can do another lap. I can do that. And then apparently he told the senior, he said, keep running. So we all followed the senior, and we kept running. For three hours, we ran. I'm not exaggerating. We ran. We didn't pick up a ball. We didn't pick up a bat. We didn't pick up a glove. We ran. And I was like, wait a second. I'm here to play ball. I'm here to get this going. I'm, I'm ready to go. He says, no, if you're going to get into this season with this team, I need to make sure that you're ready to work hard. So well, wait a second, I thought, it was, I thought it was a baseball season. No, what I didn't realize, no, it was a working season. I didn't realize that my coach was trying to get the lazy out of me. I didn't realize that my coach was trying to get the apathy out of me. See, I had my own way of thinking. I had my own way. Oh, man, it's baseball. And my coach said, no. See, some of you, you're getting into a season where you're like, oh, man, it's, I'm about to get blessed. I got a new job. More money's coming in. Say, so, yeah, you think it's more money. I want to make sure that you're not going to be lazy this time. Say, so, oh, you think that all this, all this great stuff is going to happen? No, be careful because here's about to come a backstabber in this season. Are you ready for that? Oh, no, man, it's going to be good. I got great things. Everything's going to be great. No, before you get into the end, you need to make sure that at the beginning, we're going to get that laziness out of there. See, I know a lot of times we think the season, oh, it's going to happen the way we think. But God says, no, it's going to happen the way I have it planned. So in this new season, I hope that you are ready. Tell your neighbor, it's a new season. Somebody once said, to be interested in the changing seasons is a happier state of mind than to be hopelessly in love with spring. In other words, don't get stuck in just one season. I know a lot of people say, I love spring. Well, I just want you to know, spring is not all year round. I love the winter. Oh, man, I wish it could be winter all year round. Well, that's good wishing, but it's not going to get you anywhere. You need to realize that seasons change. 
seasons come and seasons go. I know that some of you, listen, I'm here to tell you, for those of you that say, man, I'm going through great. I want you to know something. There's a valley coming. There's a valley coming. But I also want you to know this. For those of you that are in the valley, for those of you that are in what seems like a darkness, all you see is shadows. All you see is that. I want you to know something. There's a hill coming. Don't worry. You're on your way up. There's a new season coming your way. I know you may not see it. I know everything around you looks broke down. Everything around you. People are talking about you. People are messing with you. But listen, don't worry about it. There's a new season coming your way. There's a fresh anointing on its way. Tell your neighbor it's on its way. Now it's very important that if we're going to grow in this next season, then we got to get rid of a few things from the old season. You might need to get rid of a few people from the old season. You might need to get rid of a few habits from the old season. You might need to get rid of a few mindsets from the old season. See, in this next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this, this new, ser- this new series called A New Season. And it's going to feature some points from the story of Exodus here with the, the people of Israel. And we're going to be showing some things that God did with them that I believe God wants to do with us. See, we all know that God called them out of Egypt through the waters and into the promised land. But I want to get a little bit deeper than just point A to point B and point C. See, if we're going to grow in this new season, there are a few things that I want us to focus on in order for us to live the abundant life, or even according to this context of this scripture, to live in a promised land. There are three things that need to change within us in order to keep the promises of God that we're going to see in this new season. Now, I'm not going to go over them today, but just really quickly, I want to give you these, these things of what we need to change in this new season. Number one, you've got to change what you eat. Change what you eat. Now, some of you right away are thinking, okay, is he talking spiritually, talking physically? I want you to know something. Stay here. I'm talking about both. Talking about both. See, because right away when I say eat, you think spiritually. No, I'm also talking about physically too. Some of you guys need to know this. You need to change your eating habits if you're going to stay around a whole lot longer. I'm serious. Stay here. We're going somewhere. I'm not talking about that today, but stay here. We're going somewhere with that. The second thing that needs to change is that you got to change your perspective. Change your perspective. Change the way you look at things. If you were here the other day, I talked about the story of two uh, British salesmen. They were sent to Africa. And then when they were sent to Africa, they were sent on a project with shoes. One letter went back to Europe, got sent back from one of the salesmen, said, Oh, my gosh, nobody here wears shoes. It is horrible. This is a destitute place. We would do no good here. The second salesman sent back a note and said, Nobody here wears shoes. This is a great place. We should be here. It's all about perspective. So the second thing, you need to change your perspective. And the third thing is that you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle. Change your life. Change the mindset. Change the way you think. Well, this is the way I've always done it. Well, do you think always is a good thing? That's why it's called seasons. You get the opportunity to change. You don't have to stick to always. You can change it. Well, I always do that. I always sit here. I always stand here. I always say this. That's just the way that I am. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know I talked about, well, that's just the way that I am. That's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. Don't, don't do that. Don't say that. You can break the curse. 
You can break that curse. It's possible. It can happen. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world. Well, you're always going to be like that. No, 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 no. I'm not always going to be like that. I wouldn't be here if my father listened to, well, you're always going to be a drug addict. You're always going to be messed up. You're never going to leave that little city. You can never do anything. We'll just leave you the way that you are. But he said, no, I'm breaking this curse. I'm going to get saved. I'm going to go to this place in L.A. I'm going to get in the home. I'm going to allow it to change me. I'm not going to leave for two and a half years. Not two and a half months, two and a half years. I'm going to stay here. Then I'm going to get married. Then once I get married, I'm going to have a beautiful, handsome son, and I'm going to name him Esteban. I'm going to say Stephen Spanish. And then once I do that, we're going to move up to Northern California, have two more kids, establish a great work in the city of Hayward, and let everybody know that God is the God of the city in Hayward, California. All because he just said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That was it. So don't ever allow people to say, well, that's all the way it's always going to be. No, you can change that. Change what you eat, change your perspective, and then also change your lifestyle. But before we get into that, I just want to establish something here within Exodus chapter 12, that before we look into the future, we need to look at our current surroundings. Now, it's very important to acknowledge that first, change needs to happen. Somebody say, change needs to happen. In other words, you cannot accept a Savior if you do not believe that you are a sinner. If you don't believe that you don't need a Savior, you're not going to accept one. If you don't believe that you don't need change, you're not going to go looking for it. So first and foremost, you got to be able to establish, man, I need to change. There has to be something different. Here in this story, they were in captivity, the Bible says, for 430 years. So it's kind of safe to say change needed to happen, right? The Israelites were in captivity for 430 years. And I like this. Look at verse 36. This is heavy to me. See, we're going to get deep into this here that I really, really like. In verse 36, this stood out to me, and so I began to study it. The Bible says that the Israelites... When they got the okay, the Bible says that they plundered the Egyptians. See, look at this. We always tend to think of the Israelites as, you know, soft and, you know, they were slaves and they didn't really have that much. And so, but the Bible says that once they got the okay, they took everything back. They said, okay, if we're going to go into this new season, into this promised land, I need to take all the promises that belong to me. And you've got them, so I need them. Now, when you read in Exodus chapter 3, that's kind of what happened. You'll read it there in verses 21 and verse 22. The Bible says that these were promised to them, but they couldn't have them yet. So now they understood. We're going into this new season. i got to take all these promises that belong to me. Listen, for those of you that are stepping into a new season, you're going into a new season, but you can keep those same promises. They're still yours. For those of you that said, man, my mom is going to get saved. My dad is going to save. You keep that. That's yours. My son is going to get saved. My daughter is going to get touched. You keep that. That's yours. That's, don't let the enemy rob you of that. Don't let the Egyptians, don't let them have that. That's yours. Somebody say, that's mine. Come on, say it real loud. Say, that's mine. And so the Bible says that the Israelites, they went and they took back what the enemy had stolen. That's mine. If I'm going into my new season, I'm taking my promises with me. I'm not going by myself. 
Then the Bible says that in verse 37 and 38 that there were 600,000 men, not including women and children. And then the Bible says this. It says, many other people went with them. Now imagine, imagine this really quickly. 600,000 people up, taking everything and leaving. Now that's just men. So let's just say for, you know, theologians' sake, for those that have studied, that a lot of people believe well over a million people. Well over a million people. If they were Latins, there's definitely at least 3 million people up in there. 600,000 men? Yeah, they got a lot of kids. You better believe that. But the Hebrew people, include, they have a lot of kids too. They had a lot of kids. So can you imagine, just imagine, well over one million people getting up and moving. If a million people got up and left, other people are going to take notice of that. Are they not? Like, what is, what, who, what, what, did you see that? Martha, did you see that? that is, that's a million people. We should go check that out. So the Bible says that many people, other people, people that didn't belong with them, went with them. This is very important because you need to know that even though you're going into your new season, other people are going to follow you. Many people are going to want to follow exactly where you go. I like that. I want that. I could do that. I could try that. And there's going to be other people that want to get into your new season. But you need to realize something. These people, these many, they are only in this season with you just for a small reason. They're not there to be kept there. They're there for a small reason. A small reason. But they're there. Those are the people you can't do anything about. They're just there. They like what's going on. They see what is taking place. And they go, Matt, I want to do that. I remember many a times we used to come and we used to have these dramas and we would pack out the places. We can get about 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people to come. Oh, man, I want to go. I want to check that out. Man, that's awesome. And then people come to the altar and say, man, I want to get saved. Yes, I want to get saved. The very next day they're like, uh, I don't know about that salvation thing. That's a little bit too much. But they were there for you just for that small point. See, there's a reason they are in your season. And sometimes you need to be careful of the people that are in your season. Not everybody is supposed to be there for the long season. Sometimes just for the short season. There's a story of a scorpion and a frog. The scorpion wanted to cross the brook. And on the bank he saw this frog and he asked the frog if he would give him a ride to the other side. The frog says, oh, no, I can't carry you. If, if I carry you on my back, you're going to sting me. The scorpion replied, but why would I sting you when we would both surely die? The frog eventually conceded that the scorpion had a point, and so he agreed to his request. Halfway across, the scorpion stung the frog, and they both began to drown. But why did you break your word and sting me, knowing it would be certain death for both of us, cried the frog. The scorpion said, because it's in my nature. See, there's going to be some people that you carry on your back that are just going to naturally gossip and backstab you. Nothing you can do about that. But wait, why would you do that? I'm helping you out. A scorpion's a scorpion. A gossiper's a gossiper. 
a backstabber is a backstabber. And see, and you might think, oh, man, this ain't right. No, just know that they're in that season for a reason. You may not like it, but you got to be careful of the many that follow you into this new season. It happened here with the people of Israel. There was a lot of people. As a matter of fact, according to the scriptures in Numbers chapter 11, they were called the rabble. They were just people, just miscellaneous people, just coming around and wanting to be a part of the rabble. That just sounds like, don't rabble people sound like they babble? Doesn't it kind of rhyme with that, rabble? Babble, just know that you're going to have people in your life that all they do is just babble, just babble. They just talk and talk and talk and talk. But know this, if you recognize your season, then there's going to be growth in you, not in them, but in you. So then you're going to recognize. See, that's why it's very important to understand and recognize what season you're in. Because if you do that, you can all of a sudden start getting the scales off your eyes and go, wait a second. All you do is talk bad about people. I am just now realizing that. See, some of you in this new season, you're going to have to cut some people off that don't need to be there. I know you may not like it, but if you grow, you will see. Tell your neighbor, if you grow, you will see. Then I like this. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 8, look at this. I'm almost done right here. In verse 8, it says, I need you to do this. This is very important. Now, all the people leave. All the people, they're up, they're getting ready. They're, they haven't left yet. Excuse me, let me go back. They haven't left yet, but they're getting ready to leave. And so all of a sudden, now they do this, what's called the Passover, right? They have the Passover, so they get all oh, the feasts. Okay, this is what we're going to do. But this is very important to the Passover. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 8, he says, do this, but tell your son about it. You're going into this new season, but I want to make sure that the next generation understands and knows that what I'm delivering you from and for, that it's not from you, it's from me. So it's very important that when you go into this next season to tell your children about this. It's very important that they know the history. I know you saw the video earlier, and you saw Pastor Daryl. You're like, wow, it's very important that we know the history of where God brought us from. It's very important. Now, I know that some of you may say, well, I don't really like to go into my past. So listen, I understand. In your season, God is going to heal you. Don't worry about it. Because eventually, you're going to have to tell your children and say, look, I want you to know Daddy was messed up. I, I need you to know. Daddy, he wasn't all that. As a matter of fact, he had some cases, and they weren't briefcases. People didn't like Daddy. But I want you to know this. See, this is, this is what was important to the Passover. But I want you to know that God changed me. God delivered me. And what he did for me, he's going to do for you. And he's going to do for your children and our children's children. And the legacy is going to live on of what God delivered us from. And they're going to know that there is a God in our family. Tell your son of the legacy of what God has done within your life. Tell him. Let him know. Let there not be a generation that did not know God. A godless generation. No, let that not be said of Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. That we didn't tell our children about the great God of the city of Hayward. We got to let them know. This was important. This was important. This was even before they left. Even before they left, God told them, before you leave, tell your children what I'm about to do. 
even before you move, tell your children of how great I am. Even before the greatness happens in your life, tell them how great I am now in your life. This was very important that God understood. He said, look, before I give you any, everything that you're looking for in the promised land, just tell your children how great of a God I am. Let them know now. Tell your children now. See, it's very important for us to be a generation that honors God or else the generation after us will not honor God. My prayer is that we are not a selfish generation but we would let those to come know that there is a God in the city of Hayward. Can I hear an amen? In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, the Bible says that they were leaving. And as they left, there were two ways from Egypt to Canaan. One was only a few days' journey, and the other was much further out through the wilderness. And that was the way in which God chose to lead his people. See, my friend, this is very important. When it comes to leaving and going into your new season, that you let God lead you and not go your way. See, God led them. They did not determine their own route. See, it may be your season, but it's his direction. Are you hearing me this morning? It may be your season, but it's his direction. And so the Bible says that he led the children of Israel a little bit longer, but he knew what he was doing. It may have been another way, wasn't the short way, but God knew exactly what he was doing. And it's very important for you and I to understand that the way that God is taking us, it's his way, not our way. Let God guide your family. Let God guide your finances. Let God guide your personal relationship life. Let God guide you. Now, this is also very important. Then with this, I close. This is awesome. We heard earlier about how there were 600,000 men. We already established maybe it could be a million people. A million people. Now, just imagine a million people. Somebody say a million. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. Let's read this. It says, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have left the Israelites, we have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Look at this in verse 7. So he took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. Now let's just stop right here. How many people from Israel left? A million, okay? How many people from Israel, how many Israelites left? A million. Let's just say that, a million. How many Israelites left? How many Israelites left? How many Israelites left? Now look at the Egyptians. I know, I'll just take 600 chariots. That'll get them. Now, even if you establish, I began to study it, at the most, maybe 20,000 people, at the most. 20,000 people were going to bring back a million. What does that say? You know what that says? That even your past doesn't even believe you can make it. Even your past friends don't believe that your new season is for you. You're not going to be any good. Don't worry about it. You're going to be right back here in just a couple months. I got your spot ready for you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I got your beer cold for you. 
I know you think you're going to get sober. I know you. You won't change. Come on back. See, even the world don't think you could change. Even the world doesn't think that what God's going to do in your life is going to be anything great. Even the world. Just a few, 20,000 people try to take back a million. A million. See, that's why it's very important that you understand that you're going to stand on the promises of God. That this new season, it's your season. And God is guiding you. God is directing you. God is going to grow you like you've never been grown before. You know what I love about it? The Bible says that the waters opened up and they walked across. And the Bible says that the Egyptians followed them. Even as they went through the waters, the past still tried to catch them. But I love it. The Bible says that the waters overtook all of them, all the Egyptians, all the ones that are trying to follow. So listen, even as you pass through, you need to know something. God's going to take care of your past. God's going to take care of your past. Well, what do I do? How do I? I got to tell them. I got to let my friends know. I'm not. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving forward. God will take care of your past. Oh, but she's my best friend. Don't worry about it. God will take care of your past. Oh, but I got to tell Don't worry about it. God will take care of God will take care of your past. See, there's way too often we try to move forward, but we keep looking back. And God says, no, just follow the way I'm leading you. I will take care of your past. I will take care of all of those that are trying to take you out in this new season. Listen, here this morning, it's a new season for you. All that old stuff, all that old ways, it's gone. It's behind you. It's no more. God has a new season and a new day and a new anointing ready for you here this new season. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if you believe that here this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody say a new season. Somebody say a new season. Tell three people, look at them in the eye. Tell them it's a new season. I'm going to have them come to the piano right now. It's a new season. Listen, this new series, we're going to be establishing about the change of appetite, the change of perspective, and also the change of lifestyle in this new season. Now, I want to tell you this is very important because I'm going from the back and then we're going to move actually the other way. And I'm going to tell you this. God delivered them. God brought them out. But this is very important. This is, this is the key to the whole series. I'm not talking about just today. But until the last message I preach on this in new season. This is the key. The children of Israel were delivered. They were brought up. They were brought out. They were led his way, God's way. They were told, remind your children. Then even, there's even a point in there where Moses is talking to God. And God, I like the way he kind of rebukes Moses. It's really cool. It actually is. You can read it there in Exodus chapter 13. Because he tells Moses, Moses over there crying, oh, God. And God look, looks at him and says, why are you telling me? Tell them. That's what he does. You can read it. He says, why are you telling Don't tell me. Tell your people. Tell them to move. Because he's over here saying, God, move us. He goes, don't tell me. Tell them. God's so cool. Even when he rebukes us, he's so cool, man. Why you? You're on your knees five hours a day. Why don't you get up off your knees? I didn't just give you knees. I gave you feet. Move. Move. So I know a lot of people a lot of times, oh, God, get out. Listen. I'm all for prayer. If you were here on Wednesday night, didn't we have a powerful prayer night? Wasn't that powerful? 
It was so great. We're going to do it again this Wednesday. Come this Wednesday. We're having another prayer night because that was just awesome. But one thing I've also learned, listen, I'm over. You should pray. You need to pray. You have to. I pray even before you got here, you were in prayer. When you got here, you could pray. When you leave here, pray again. But sometimes you got to get up off your knees and use your feet. Move. Do something. So God rebukes Moses and says, don't tell me. Tell them. Because this is very important. God delivered them. He did some great things with their life. He was moving them to the promised land. But this was their biggest problem that they brought with them from the old season into the new season. They wanted deliverance, but they didn't want discipline. That's the key to the whole series. If there's anything that you write down, you write that down. They wanted deliverance, but they didn't want discipline. And there's many people, even here, that said, we're going into a new season. And a lot of times, right now, if I say, Let's have an altar call on marriage. Oh, yeah, the marriage, oh, I need it right now. God, listen, if you're like me, man, do I ever need prayer in my marriage? One thing I've learned, an altar call's not going to change my marriage. It's just not. A lot of people come here, we're going to pray for finances. God, oh, yeah, I need money. God, give me money. So we come here and say, oh, okay, yeah. See, we want deliverance but we don't want the discipline that it takes to keep the money and keep the marriage. When it comes to, oh, God, deliver me. God says, okay, because you're my people, I'll do that. I got to keep my word. I'm a man of my word. I'm a God of my word. I must keep it. If I told you I'm going to deliver you, I will. But, and this is the key, he said, okay, you can come on out, but because you don't want discipline, I'm going to make you wander around for 40 years. And I'm going to wait until you all die. Right? For those of you that study the scripture, right? Can you do that? Wait until they all die, except for two. It's okay. Because you don't want to keep what I'm giving you. In this new season, hear me out. This is the brunt of the whole message. In this new season, this is my prayer. I don't want God just to deliver you. I don't want God to say, oh, man, I used to be a drug addict, but now I've been set free. I used to have problems in my marriage, but now everything is great. No, I want to make sure that you're going to be able to keep what God has given you. That you keep this, keep this discipline. I'm very excited. I was talking with my wife. I said, Chell, what do you think? You know, we were talking about this, and we started praying about it. I said, yep, I think we need to do this. So even in this new season, I haven't even told Pastor Toby, but I'm letting it know right now. Me and my wife, we're going to do a, a, a life group. We want to do a life group, but we don't want to do any life group. We want to do a financial life group. That's what we're going to do. Because, listen, this is very important. Listen, I know who I'm talking to. I know exactly who I'm talking to. And we can come here. Oh, I feel the power of God. But you go home, and you got creditors calling you. you got debt collectors calling you. Right? You feel good at church, but you go home, and you get depressed. Let's be honest. Happened to me. Happened with me. I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? I don't, I don't, forget this. And then that's where you go by feelings. Well, forget church. I don't want church. They don't love me anyways. But really, because the discipline. God didn't put you in debt. You did that. Quit telling me, Moses. Tell them. 
quit telling me. Move. Do something about it. I'll deliver you. But keep the discipline so that you can have the finances that you need to provide exactly for who you need to provide for. Be good. Be a good steward. See, a lot, a lot of us think in terms of ownership. God doesn't want to take you into ownership. God wants to take you from ownership to stewardship. Be a good steward of what I've given you. It's not even your son. It's his. You just need to be a good steward of that son. That's not your job. That's his. You need to be a, just a good steward of that job. Show up on time. Be a person that can be a light in your job. See, it's the discipline. So if there's anything that you catch with this message here today, know that this. I gave you the message, and we're going to continue on. I'm excited about this series. But my prayer is this, is that, yes, God would deliver us. Yes, God would move us. Yes, but we would be able to keep the promises that God had given us, that God has given us. I know many of us, I want my mom saved. Okay, well, let's keep your salvation too. Oh, I want my dad saved. And some of you, you're probably like this too. I want my best friend saved. So what do you do? You go out there and you hang out with your best friend and they turn you over. You wind up getting high. You wind up getting drunk. No, 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 no. Be careful. Keep the discipline first. Get that in your heart. Get that in your mind. So that as you go to the promised land, you will be able to keep the promises that God has given you. In this new season, it's your season, but it's his direction. It may be your feet, but it's his way. Let God guide you. Let God direct you in this new season. Stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes and lift your hands with me here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you.